Hi, this is Sam Lagana with the Los Angeles Rams. Who's house? You're listening to the Los Angeles Rams UK Podcast. Undenied worldwide, the Los Angeles Rams. It doesn't get any better than this. Let's go Rams! Welcome back to another LA Rams UK Podcast. This is episode 57 and uh, tonight, there's actually four of us on the podcast. Uh, so we'll try not ramble on too long and end up being a two-hour podcast. But uh, tonight, joining me is Rob. Good evening, folks. Uh, we've got John, aka JavaScript, joining us again. Evening, guys. How are we doing? <laughs> and we've got Andy. I don't think we've got a nickname for you, Andy, have we? No, no nickname for me. No, yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Right, so the, the four of us are joined today to talk, as usual, about the game that has just gone, and that was the Rams versus the Giants at Giants, uh, a 38-11 victory for us there. And, uh, well, it depends how you look at it. It was a, a good one to watch, uh, an easy one to watch, but uh, let's just get initial thoughts. Uh, let's take you, Rob. Yeah, do you know, it was... It was... Do you know, from a Rams point of view, uh, after the first quarter, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head and I'm saying to myself, you know, is, is this the potential banana skin that the Jets game was, you know, la- uh, last year for us? Um, but thankfully, you know, the explosion in the second quarter um, really put, put the game to bed, probably maybe kind of before half time for us. And as I say, the second half, you could almost see that, you know, that, that, that kind of kind of stress of that first quarter had been lifted a little bit and the team looked to be a lot more free-flowing. So, yeah, not quite a game of two halves, but certainly, you know, the, the, the final three quarters, you know, was certainly, you know, um, very positive stuff for us Rams. Yeah, I mean, it did start off a bit slow, didn't it? I think mean, it was just like punt-punt was the only activity we had in the first first pool. Obviously, we didn't start with it, uh, Giants did, but um, picked up in the second for sure. Uh, John, your initial takes? Just like Rod was touching on, the first quarter kind of had me not necessarily worried, but thinking that maybe this won't be as straightforward as we'd hoped. When we played the Giants last year, they were, even at the time in the early in the season, they were seen to be still a poor team, and we had to grind out a win there. So after the first quarter, I had me kind of thinking, oh, hope it's not going to be the same. But I mean, I think it just showed we only needed 15 minutes to win the game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, I think actually, I was looking up earlier that that second quarter is the most points we've scored uh, in any quarter since 2002 28 points so so yeah it all happened in the in the second for sure and um andy any, any initial thoughts no just basically the same as the guy said you know first quarter we were all sat there scratching our heads going you know what's going on here and then second quarter everyone came you know to life um you know in the end, it looked like a very comfortable win and a team that, to be honest, if we wanted to, we probably could have put 50-plus points up on. Well, I, think, I mean, as the game went on, we obviously put in our sort of backups um, and they obviously scored, a, they got 11 points total, but they got that final touchdown when the, the backups were in and Warford decided to not complete a single pass at the end of the game. Well, he threw a pick his first pass, I believe which isn't the first time he did that. I think last season he did that when he when he came on, when Goff got injured. But I, I thought he at least completed some. When I look back at it, he'd only had two attempts and both incompletes and one was an inception. Got some last-minute points for them, which, you know, obviously doesn't really reflect the game as such. But uh, in, in terms of the game, I know that obviously McVeigh doesn't seem generally happy with the performance. I think he's quite openly come out a bit tipped off with penalties. Um, and general play calling. I mean, he's always quite 
harsh on himself, which I know we've had less success. People are like, well, how many, how many times can you keep saying it's on me, it's on me until you change it? But uh, how do you feel Rob McVeigh's doing so far this season? Do you know, yeah, you look at the, the coaching staff that, 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 that McFay has previously had and they're now spread around the league, you know, so we're not really surprising anybody and he knows that every off-season he has to change this system and mix it up a little bit. I, I'll be honest with you, the one that's standing out for me and, and I'm kind, kind of pointing towards McVay with this is the delay of game penalties. You know, and and again, I use the word sloppy because it's like it's it's not like this team to. I've seen quite a few in the last few games, and that's the one that's kind of standing out at me. You're always going to have your share of penalties, you know, and that kind of comes down to discipline across the team. But the delay of game stuff, you know, is is, is the one that's kind of like jumping at me just now. Um, and I'm kind of looking at McVeigh, thinking we need to be a little bit more organised because that's that's the kind of five yard penalties that do the kind of kind of stymie drives a little bit. But re- really short of that, you know. I think the record, you know, five and one speaks for itself. Um, and as I say, we, we still have a, a quarterback that's probably getting, you know, not quite as familiar with the with the system as we would like. So I, I'm kind of happy with where we are. And yeah, nothing negative really, other than maybe those delayed game penalties kind of towards movie just now. Yeah, and in terms of our our new quarterback Stafford, he obviously had a bit of a I don't know. We had a honeymoon period where it was like, oh, it's just the chosen one for us now obviously to replace Goff and then it sort of simmered down a little bit now so how do you feel John about how Stafford's handling the team? I think um, I wouldn't say like he's had what I would call a bad performance but I think with a kind of kind of rough performances where he's not been you know firing all cylinders all right, his cylinders are at his best um, I think he's kind of been able to shake that off which we've, we've needed in a quarterback not like don't need a quarterback that's under centre that's you know, going to take a hit or going to throw a pick and it's going to come out and it's going to, you, you can see it's still on his mind. Um, being the veteran he is, he's used to just kind of, you know, well, he was at the Lions, put it that way. He's got, he has to get used to just, you know, I need to just focus on this drive, forget what's happened in the last drive and move on. And I think when you need to always remember here that Stafford didn't throw or touch a ball until week one. So he had like three weeks of pre-season where he never saw a snap of her because we obviously chose to rest all our stars. So one way you can look at it is we've had what you would class as a pre-season period with all our stars because for, I mean, Stafford did come out, you know, the gates and formed a great partnership with Cup, which we're still seeing as absolute on fire. And it's good to see that after um, the Cardinals game, when it was just totally like in disarray, that they've they kind of found their rhythm again. Um, I think that he's now worked out what he can and can't do with not even just Cup, but with the other guys, because we're seeing, you know, like Woods getting more involved. Um, whereas a few weeks ago, I remember saying that, I, that Woods didn't seem to be getting many targets at all. So I think, like I said, we've kind of came out of what you could call a preseason period for someone like Stafford who's come into a new system, new type of offense. Um, that well, a new, not even just a new type of offense, but like a new way of play calling because, like as Rob mentioned. With all the changes we've had with coaching staff, McVeigh's had to totally start from scratch so we can keep people guessing. So I think he's now in a position where he knows what he can and can't do with the guys he's got around him. Cool, yeah. And, and talking of Cup, obviously he, he went off in this game, uh, 130 yards and nine receptions and two touchdowns, uh, including the no-look pass that seems to be making its way around the socials. So obviously a bit controversial. I haven't picked up on all the... Um, 
the veterans talking about it, but I know someone mentioned uh, Warner is not a fan of it. Uh, Andy, where do you sit on the uh, the no look stuff? You a fan or? Yeah, I'm a, f- I'm a fan of it simply because it can be a way of protecting you, you know, your wide receiver, um, you know, and it confuses the heck out of defences. You know, if you've got your quarterback looking to the right, every defender's eyes, especially the defensive backs, are going to be looking towards the right side of the field. And if you can lob it then off to the left to someone like Cup, you know, it, it's just another, it's a, it's the way I think the league's going now with the, the likes of your Mahomes, you know, who can do that regularly. Rodgers can do it to a certain extent. And I think Stafford is just bringing that as well now. And it's just another way these days, I think, of teams getting the offence flowing. And I think hopefully we'll be seeing a little bit more of it often, to be honest. Yeah, I think especially as Cup, someone they know is like a, a go-to guy um, anyway, even before Stafford was here. And then obviously there's the bromance that people go on about uh, these two working after hours and before hours together. Um, it helps him get the ball to the guy he wants to get to. If it doesn't look like he's going to pass to him using his eyes. Um, you know what they always say to the commentators? Oh, you know, he watched the quarterback's eyes. Well, obviously, it's not going to work every time, clearly. And it might um, might go horribly wrong. But it's not like he hasn't seen Cup. I think he's seen him run his route and he's run across the field. And he knows where he is using peripheral vision. But it's not like he's come out the backfield and hasn't seen him once. You know what I mean? So... I don't think it's, it's that risky uh, in, in that particular play anyway. But what I found interesting is although Cup, I'm not sure if his uh, distributions have changed in terms of downage, but it was, obviously Cup was known as third and, third and Cup, wasn't it? Mr. Reliable on third downs. But third down seems to be, in this particular game, and I think in general, we're struggling with. Uh, and the efficiency this game was only 18% on third downs, which luckily it was against, <laughs> against the Giants rather than someone a bit more competitive. But... Um, what what have you seen, Rob, on third downs? Anything that stands out? Is he is he not giving it to Cup as much? I assume not. If Cup's more reliable, uh, is he? Is he just know, I, yeah, I, I think he is. You know, it's one of those things where you know we we are blessed with wide receivers, and as I say, also um, Tyler Higby at the tight end position um, seems to be getting off to a pretty decent start this season as well. Yeah, I think Cup had that kind of reputation as being a bit Mr. Third Down a little bit, but really, to be honest with you, we, we are blessed with the wide receivers, as I say, and uh, Tyler Higby in the tight end position. Um, even Daryl Henderson coming out the backfield, so you you really don't know where it's going. I think. Third down is such a it's it's such a big marker, isn't it? Because uh, it's it's often just keeping the drive going. Sometimes when you're trying to maybe grind out a win, you know, third down is such a big big down. It's such a big percentage down that you know if if you if you score high in that percentage in third downs, more often than not you will actually win the game. And as I say, having the glut of wide receivers that we do have, you just don't know where it's going. But certainly, yeah, Cooper. Cup just now. Um, I, I can't. I can't believe people are not talking more about the season he's having. Um, he, he's having just an exceptional start to this season. Um, he looks phenomenal. Um, he's clearly our number one receiver. And as I say, yeah, you don't cover Cooper Cup when third down, and it's going to be a long day for you. I don't know if I'm missing something, but Deshaun Jackson, he was suited for this game, right? Yeah, he was. He did come yeah. in once or twice. He did come in once. I'm saying, yeah. people, a lot of people are saying, Where, where's D-Jack's gone? I couldn't really see him. So, is there any, do you think there's any reason that he is, do you think he's just trying to keep the opponents off guard or he's a very situational player that they might not plan for that particular 
um, I don't know, deep ball plays against a certain team? Or was, was he just easing him in? I think the biggest thing with Djax is his history of injuries. You know, he's suffered a lot of injuries over the years. So it might just be simply a case of McVeigh's trying to keep him fit and healthy for later on in the season when we may need him. You know, when, if we get to the playoffs, you know, having that option of, OK, well, you know, it's third down and seven, third down and eight, whatever. You know, we can go for that long, deep ball to Djax or at least put the defence on that sort of, oh, hang on, Djax has come in the field. We better make sure we get our safeties a bit further back, you know, which can then open up the playbook for a lot of other stuff. So I do think it's mainly just down to keeping them fit and healthy for later on in the season. Yeah, I think if you look at the injury report, one thing I've picked up the last kind of two or three weeks, always up until a Friday, Jackson is listed as did not practice. So I think it is a case of trying to, you know, you know, like you're saying, Andy, keep him fit for, you know, the tail end of the season when we could be in a position where we need him or like as we get further down the line, we're getting teams that are just trying to, you know, like keep Cup out of the game. So we need that option. But I do think that we seem to be using them more as a deep threat, and I don't think there was necessarily any need for us to be looking for deep passes because, to be quite frank, the Giants' defence was just not up to much, so there's no need to be looking away downfield for big plays or big gains. We were just like, you guys know yourself, like we were really comfortable through that second quarter, and I, 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 I didn't even feel like we'd, we were in like top gear. And the the second quarter, which is one of the things that kind of really not worried me, but like kind of not impressed me at the same time. Just more like we were just kind of took it just at our own pace rather than just going all in for it. Uh, and I think if Jackson was out in the field more and we were looking for more passes, then it would have been a case of well, we're really trying to push for this, but there was no need. So maybe it was a case, well, maybe he's looking at like, yeah, I could throw you out there, but the game's done so yeah, I don't want to risk risking him yeah yeah exactly and I think like you say there maybe it didn't seem like we were in top gear in, in the second quarter although we scored 28 points but it's mainly due to our our defence efforts uh, in that quarter as well um, obviously firing on both cylinders where the offence just took advantage of what the defence gave them uh, uh, in, in terms of getting two, two interceptions I believe in that quarter um, one of uh, one of Raps is in that quarter and Rochelle got one as well. Uh, let's just talk about the defence then. Rob, uh, what did you like best about it? Who's a standout for you other than obviously the getting the game ball, etc.? Of course, yeah. I mean, obviously, your standout is often Aaron Donald, you know, and actually, even in that first quarter, you know, Aaron Donald actually almost had actually had a kind of strip sack almost early, um, but the Giants actually recovered it. So, yeah, he's, he's always there, um, as I say, and he's he's always a guy that you've got to account for. I mean, potentially the best in the league, isn't he? Um, other guys, you know, we're hurting a little bit, you know, in the secondary at the moment, obviously, um, uh, with, with guys out. And it's, it's it's very much a case of, you know, I'm liking the, the young rookie, Robert Rochelle, you know, coming in, as you, as you rightly said as well, he actually got the interception near the half. So he is. Um, I'm liking a bit of the rotation, actually, at the linebackers as well. You know, as I say, we, 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 again, we've lost guys there. You know, losing Holland has, has been a blow. But as I say, there's, there's other guys kind of coming in and very much kind of stepping up. Um, some some of the guys I'm liking the look, the look of is like, can I try Reader? It's, it's quietly doing a decent job for me, I think, in that kind of middle linebacker. Uh, position Sawyer's um, again uh, uh, Arompo as I say again had a sack in the game and I think he, he's a guy that's coming in 
maybe a little situational, you know, he's kind of in and out, but when he's in, he looks to be productive. Um, and I think th- these are some of the guys that are kind of standing out for me. I, I like the line as well. I, 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 again, I think quietly, Ajon Robinson seems to be doing a good job down there um, as well, as I say. And th- these are some of the other big performances. So they are. Um, one of the kind of disappointments for me is, is again, you, you look at a guy like uh, David Long Jr., who... I, again, I would I would be hoping to see him start instead of Rochelle, and they seem to be favouring the rookie over him just now. Um, so he's he's more just adding depth for depth for depth for us at the cornerback position. Um, so there's, there's there's kind of highs and low for me. But to, to be honest with you, you look at where the defence was, you know, the second half of the season last year, and you look at where the defence is just now. There's large question marks, you know, and again, it's looking to be in the secondary for me. So it is, I think some of the stronger teams that we're going to face down the line, I think will expose that. Um, obviously, we're, we're, we're looking at a, def- a new defensive coordinator. Some of the guys we've lost, like, you know, like uh, like Troy Hill, John Johnson, um, the, the, these these are not gaping holes, but these are maybe not holes that were filled maybe with the same quality at this point, although we are looking at maybe some younger guys certainly in these positions just now that will certainly come on. Um, but for for me, there's issues with the defence. And as I say, and I think it's starting with that secondary. And again, initially I liked the idea, you know, of moving Jalen Ramsey around. Um, but again, you know, the, the, what you gain with that is obviously, you know, that he's playing in different positions and able to hopefully, you know, um, influence players a little bit more, um, particularly maybe in the running game a bit more than he was um, last season, really just covering that number one receiver. But I, I, again, I think, you know, that when you're not covering that one re- number one receiver and maybe your rookie is, you know, you're, you're sometimes asking for it. Um, and, I, and I think sometimes that's where we're getting hit and that's where we're hurting just now with the defence. Yeah, so some of the other players may be suffering from that because they're having to pick up that number one where Ramsey mm-hmm. isn't. So they're looking worse than they may well would do because Ramsey would be picking them up. I was going to say as well, losing Darius Williams, you know, just now is, is obviously hurting. And again, he's the guy that you have to remember who has really stepped up, you know, into that starting role, you know, on on the outside from maybe playing maybe more slot, certainly playing outside last year as well, but maybe being more situational and maybe more looking... To, to be playing last year, you know, in like some of the nickel and dime coverages, you know, where th- this year we're asking them to do a lot more and people are obviously going there. They're, they're staying away from him. He's on the outside. They're going to him and he, he's maybe finding it a bit tougher this year. But granted, he's not in at the moment and we're, we're looking at guys like David Long Jr. and Rochelle to step in just now there and these guys are maybe just not as, as potent as some of the guys have had there in the past. Okay, thanks, Rob. And uh, John, uh, anything you could... Add or you know different insight onto the defence there. Uh, I think I think the main thing for me was that you know turnovers are, are important in any game, but it's also equally important to take a turnover and convert it into points, which we managed to do in all but one occasion. So it was good to see the defence taking the pick, you know, or the fumble we had and converting it into something. Um, the Giants had five possessions in the second quarter and we forced them to punt twice and then turned them over twice. So in like that in quarter alone, I felt like the Rams defence showed signs that they could perform to the level that we want them to but like Rob is saying that the secondary is always going to be an issue the defence possibly you know from the secondary perspective probably looked better against the Giants but you know like he said as well like when we come up against stronger and better teams they'll pick all the holes in that but that's not to take anything away from the likes of Taylor up you know getting NFC defensive player of the week um, Rochelle getting a pick I mean he actually said 
he was asked uh, why didn't he run for the camera you know after he's picking he said well I ran for the people that's been keeping me strong you know all these weeks so I thought that was a nice touch um, one guy I do want to mention uh, that I thought looked pretty good uh, it was quite uh, it was good to see him come from nowhere is Dante D- Dagan um, he's came from literally nowhere like from the practice squad and uh, I think it was yesterday he was signed to the active roster so he's also done enough to impress McVeigh to want to keep him on our roster. Um, but I mean, overall, like, I was generally happy with how the defence kind of performed. And I'm hoping, like, likes to wrap, you know, he's mean, but maybe a bit up and down. It'll give them more confidence to go forward here. And it's one of the ones, like, I want to see Darius Williams come back sooner rather than later um, to play in that role. But uh, Ramsey kind of, like, I don't, I don't know if it was just myself, Ramsey seemed quite quiet out there, but I think it's because we seem to be trialling them out more in this free role, so to speak, rather than, you know, pegging them as, right, who's their number one receiver? That's the man you're on. So it's, it's almost as if they're trying to experiment with more rotation. Uh, another player that was just, that Robert also mentioned, Troy Reader. Um, there's been a few games I've kind of, I've closely kept an eye on him because he just, he's just kind of popped out. There's been games where he's deflected passes and he picked up a fumble in a previous game. And, you know, he looks like he's kind of developing well. So, apart from, like, still worrying a little bit about the secondary, I think the defence gave themselves a, a good showing. And, you know, they should be quite happy with their performance at the weekend. Yeah, I think uh, Reader's one of those guys that sort of quietly got on with the job and has been kept around for a reason. Um, he, I think he got two interceptions this, se- uh, this season so far as well. But uh, yeah, it, it, when I think I mentioned this in the Discord uh, chat, where it just feels like RD is better than what it's ranked at, and it's obviously a few, a few of you piped up and said it's it's because we give away the big plays, and it felt like in a few games that we were quite happy just to let them have like eight yards here, uh, you know, eight yards here, five yards, etc. Just let them, but not the big plays. But obviously we're, we're giving up too much at the moment because I think we're ranked so much twenty fifth, uh, depending on what stat you look at. Um, Andy, anything else? Obviously, you lost last up, mate, and talking about it, but is there anything you want to add? No, just a John Stormer thing. Well, the player that I enjoyed watching was Dante Dion. You know, he came into the squad and played well. Um, also, to be honest, the rotation with Terrell Lewis and, you know, Oboe seems to be, you know, Lewis seems to be doing a good job as well. You know, he's, he's getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure. Was it him who had one of the sacks against Daniel Jones this week? Um, you know, so he's, yeah, I thought it might have been him. So, you know, he's come in and quietly doing a good job to replace Hollands. And I think, you know, as much as we are missing Hollands, I think the rotation we've got is, you know, replacing them pretty well. It's, it's actually nice, you know, I'm actually, I'm glad you actually touched on Terrell Lewis because it's nice to see that young man fit, isn't it? Because here was a guy that could potentially have been a first round draft pick. And as I say, he just had those injury worries coming to the end of his college career. And that kind of took him down the draft board a little bit um, to where we actually took him, I think, kind of mid-round, if memory serves me right. Um, but he again came into the league and again suffered some more injuries as well. But this guy's fit now and I think they've always felt the potentials there with that young man. Rotating him in just now, I think, is a great a great system for him to be in because he's not he's not being asked to do too much while while he continues to kind of rehab and get fit. And and I think you know that you've saw flashes from him, and I just think that that there is a young guy with a lot more to come. And fingers crossed that he stays healthy for it. 
good stuff. And one thing I, wanted, I, I don't know what actually went wrong with this play, but we saw Hecker try a special special play again, passing the ball, uh, which are normally quite successful, and it was minus uh, a flag which apparently McVeigh won't say anything about because he doesn't want to get fined. Can anyone fill me in? What exactly was it? I, I missed out on what it got flagged for. Yeah, it was un, uh, unlike, unsportsmanlike conduct on both teams, so it was. Um, and you know something? It was, it was such a shame because with, with the rules that go with that, um, it, it basically, um, it, 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 both penalties offset because there was a player in the Rams and a player in the Giants that were both actually um, flagged for it. So we, again, we, we actually had they just re, re, redo the punt and kick it the second time. But, you know, it was, it was nice to see that little bit of jiggery-pokery from McVeigh again, so it was, though. Yeah, I was wondering whether they'd try it again, because it's like, oh, they won't do it the second time. Now we know they did it. <laughs> I I mean, can it. I tell you, my daughter said the exact same thing. She said, because we're sitting watching the game together, and she actually says, you know, what a great time to actually do it again, because nobody would expect it. And I thought, you know, yeah. you're, you're actually right, darling. You know, nobody would expect you to do it twice. But Exactly. Then again, relaxed a bit more. You could have got away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It um, just seemed a little bit ironic that McVeigh in an interview said, oh, don't worry, we've not forgotten the heck can pass. And then the same you know, week he goes and does it. So, you know, hopefully it's something now that may be in the back of his mind that we may start doing that a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if it disappeared when Coach Bones left. Um, but obviously they're, they're feeding it back in uh, into the special teams. And uh, who is our returner now? Because I know Cup's... Uh, it should be two two, shouldn't it? But Cups had two, a couple. Yes, Artwell. Couple of goes on it, but it's, um, I don't think he's really threatening to run up the field, is it? It's more get out of bounds as soon as possible rather than get, get injured. Yeah, it, 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 the phantom tackle last week and the fumble after it as well. So he had. So yeah, it's just, just having to watch those kind of things. With yeah. Him. But yeah, that, that that was obviously our highest draft pick. So yeah, nice to see him in the park though and hopefully getting some touches. Well, well um, any any last words about the particular play of the game? Anyone at all? Again, just to stand out for me, yeah, quickly, just, you know, Cooper Cup, um, but nobody is, they're, they're talking about him, they're not talking enough about him. Um, just exceptional just now, and obviously, you know, it's that Stafford's uh, go-to guy. Well, there is a question later on about Cooper Cup, which will, you can talk more about him. Now that Tony's not here, you can uh, you can do it for <laughs> <laughs> Uh But, uh, yeah, so what I was going to say is, obviously, we've come out with this game with a couple of injuries, um, Jake Funk, who's finally had a sort of opportunity to participate in the games, it seems to be he's put on injured reserve, but I think it's a season injury that's going to require surgery. And uh, Johnny Munt uh, is, tends to be our main blocking tight end, is out for the season as well. Season as well, I believe. So what I have seen, you mentioned about already, Dante Dion is from the practice squad. We've picked up a Buddy Howell, which I don't know too much about, apart from he's at three years at Houston, never really started, but he's more of a third back, I guess. Uh, so our running backs looking a bit banged up now. Considering Henderson was off for a week with rib injuries, uh, apparently uh, Sonny has got shoulder but injury, but he's good to go. So they're all a bit banged up, which uh, I'm not sure how that how that's going to fare going down down the road. How do you feel about the running back situation, John? Um, I mean, I think we've, I think we've got a couple of good grinders in in Henderson and Michelle um, and. It was a wee bit of worry the other, you know, a few weeks back with Henderson being injured. Um, hopefully, you know, he can go get fingers crossed, get through the rest of the season without picking any up uh, any other injuries up because he got McVeigh kind of from what the stats are showing, he kind of went fifty fifty with play uh, with pass or run. 
So it was good for Henderson and Michelle to get a good amount of carries just to kind of grind more and get more reps as the game progressed. So I think with us, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, essentially we're using running back two and running back three as, you know, one and two because we've obviously got acres out. So to ha- I think we've got two solid backups that are able to step up. But if Henderson in particular was to get injured, yeah, Michelle will be able to do a job for us, but we're, we're splitting the running plays between the two of them, probably more two-thirds towards Henderson and a third towards Michelle. So if we were to lose Henderson in particular, our running game is really going to take even more of a bigger hit. You know, it's like at the moment we've been shot in one leg, so you take, Henderson gets injured, that's the other leg gone. You know, so you're then relying on Michelle to kind of drag us over the line, so to speak. So yeah. my, my hope is that he can stay fit and, you know, keep keep doing well. Because I think, I think, Wilson might not be necessary. When we're saying that, he got a passing touchdown as well as a rushing t- touchdown on Sunday. So, I mean, he's getting the scores and in my opinion, he's, he is having a good season. And I think he is, you know, his yardage may not be great when you compare him to like a Derrick Henry. But he is, he is kind of like almost a guy that's sitting outside of, you know, like not elite. I'm not saying he's a leader yeah, or anything like that, tier. but yeah, top tier. He's just sitting out there looking in, but he's quite happy sitting there because it allows him just to get his head down and just grind it and grind it and grind it. So, well, there's a kind of a lack of pressure on you that that, that, yeah. that sense, isn't there? When you know you are the number one, really, but uh, it's not all on your shoulders to look like a Derek Henry to That's get the it. Um, for sure. Uh, Andy, how are you feeling about the running back situation? Um, yeah. Uh, basically, just as John said, you know, we're, we're doing okay with it at the moment. Um, the, the one thing I will say is if we do start getting injuries, you know, fingers crossed we don't, is, you know, I'm sure the backroom staff at the Rams will also have looked at potential free agent running backs out there who could potentially come in as well on a cheap veteran deal to fill in. You know, we do have the salary cap space available to maybe bring one in for that. So, you know, there are options there, but hopefully if we can keep Henderson fit, who's playing, you know, probably his best football I've seen in a long time. He does look like the, the running back that was coming out of college, you know, explosive, can get the yards. Uh, Michelle has been doing a, a solid job for us. You know, I'm, I'm not particularly worried about the running back room at the moment. Well, it's like any position, uh, uh, as long as they stay healthy. That's <laughs> the main thing. Um, if they I can, think as well with right. running backs is... I hate to say it, but it's one of the least important positions now in football. You know, they're easily replaceable. One goes down, you just bring another one in. You know, it's not a skill position as much as, say, a corner or a linebacker. Yeah, cool. And just a segue in off of injuries, um, obviously you mentioned Munt is off, uh, our t- uh, tight end number two. And I was going to say this for the end because I know some people have asked this question, but you might as well put it in now um, as it's come from this game. The question is over who's going to be second behind Higby, uh, Jacob Harris or Hopkins? Uh, so, Andy, let's come to you first on that. Where, where do you sit between those two? I know, obviously, your average viewer, like myself, probably doesn't know a lot about these two guys because you haven't seen a lot about them unless you've watched them in college, etc., or you've been at the training ground watching them, <laughs> watching them train. Where um, do you sit with these two? To, to be honest, I'd say at the moment Hopkins 
just simply because he's got that year's experience on Harris. Harris is a converted wide receiver who's still learning the tight end position. So, you know, getting upfield and that, I think Harris would be a better player if he were to replace, you know, if we were needing a Higby replacement. But I think for a Munt replacement, I think Hopkins, simply because he has that year's training and experience and is a natural tight end coming out of college. But I will say as well, I've noticed today that the Rams have picked up Jared Pinckney um, off free agency, who's another tight end. Um, you know, so, you know, obviously they're making plans for replacements of Munt. And to be honest, Pinckney was a good tight end coming out of college. You know, he was on the Mackey Award watch list for the best tight end in the nation. And he was initially expected to be a first round draft pick until unfortunately injuries took away his college career. So, you know, I think that might be something maybe that to keep an eye on as the season goes on. But also another thing I'd say is not necessarily that we, we could we could change it around a little bit and do what some teams like the Bucks do, where instead of having a blocking tight end out there, they just bring a sixth offensive lineman out. So, you know, someone like an Atra or an Evans could take that position. Because mm. I, think, I can't remember, it's one of the two, I think, used to play tight end in high school. So, you know, you could always go that option instead and bring one of the linemen in, as I say, to, to, to play that blocking role if that's all you need them for. Yeah, it's a good point. Why put someone who's less, you know, smaller body to just do blocking when you can just bring someone who's bigger in? Um, but yeah, from what from what I've seen is that Harris is the one that's uh, wide receiver, tight end, hybrid that is more athletic. Seems to be banging on about his athleticism, uh, and McVay seems to have favoured him. I think at the two, I don't think Hopkins is actually suited for any of the six games, whereas Harris has taken part in. Uh, I think he had a few snaps in the last game, but mainly special teams. Um, so th- there's that. And because McVeigh, well, obviously being the head coach, he can pick who he wants, but being a tight end coach uh, at Washington, he probably is going to have a bit more of a say over who's going to start. And if he's favouring Harris, uh, and he's already in, in, involved in, the, in, in a lot of the, the action already, he, he, he may well just stick with him. I think also at that point, Hopkins' one-year experience. I think last year was a weird one, wasn't it, with the not being able to train earlier than earlier as early as they'd like to because of COVID and etc. So it was all done virtually. So I don't think that pre-season was as as decent as it could have been for Hopkins' rookie year. Um, and maybe he hasn't, unfortunately, because of that, he hasn't been able to show the step up, maybe as as he would before. But uh, I mean, Rob, am I right with that? Do you know? If, I believe I saw Hopkins hasn't hasn't suited up, but. Harris has? Um, Hopkins, I think he suited up a couple of times last year, but didn't actually see the park. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's not had really any, any great playing time. But but for, for me, guys, yeah, it's 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 an unfortunate injury. It's a season-ending injury as well, you know, for Munt. And I, I kind of like Johnny Munt because, obviously, his, his blocking ability was, was potentially the best lead blocker on the team. But if you look at the stats this year, he was also a guy that would dribble out and catch a, catch a pass or two. He's caught a couple of passes this year. So, uh, again, looking at the, the, you know, away from Tyler Higby, looking at Hopkins or Harris, it will be next man up. And as I say, the two of them will probably audition for that role. Um, and again, don't be surprised to see maybe both of them on the park, certainly not at the same time. But, you know, if one's potentially so seen as a better pass catcher than the other, it will be situational between the two of them. So it will, because I, I think McVeigh wants a tight end out there in blocking situations simply for that play action ability that he could dribble out and catch a pass. And I think Hopkins is he's about thirty pounds heavier than 
<laughs> than Harris. So you'd think he'd, he's a bit more like Higby's sort of size. I mean, they're both 6'5", six, 6'4", six, so that's not any advantage in that sense. But I think Hopkins yeah. is a bit more uh, prototypical tight end build. Um, yeah. But uh, any last thoughts, John, on that situation? Um, I mean, on a depth chart, we've got Hopkins listed down as the next man up. So one, you, you mentioned it yourself, Aaron. Uh, I, I, I noticed myself that Hopkins seems to normally be inactive in the game, so he doesn't really suit up. So, I mean, for the fact that Harris is suiting up, could potentially point towards, well, McVay maybe does favour him, but if you've got a guy like Munt who is, you know, providing blocks, Harris isn't that type of tight end to come in and do that, so I'm not sure if he's going to be quite ready. I mean, selfishly, I, I want to pick Harris, right? And the reason for that is because my five-year-old son's called Harris, and I told him there's a player at the Rams now it has got the same name as him. So he's, and every week he's asked me, is Harris playing, is Harris playing? And he's <laughs> desperate to see him. So I'd like to see him play just so I could point him out to my son. <laughs> uh, but I mean, fr- from from his perspective, uh, from Harris's perspective, sorry, um, I hadn't seen too much of him in terms of his college career, but I'd watched a kind of few features on him. And he he actually came from you know football soccer to you know, American listeners background and converted to you know playing American football. Um, so he's got that he's got the athleticism. I think I, I mean when I when I was watching these features, I did actually wonder to myself why you're not a wide, just a wide receiver then? Why not? Why are you convert to tight ends? If you've got the athleticism, you know the height, the speed. Surely that's more the position should be playing. Which would then lead me to think that if McVeigh's going to use him more, that's going to possibly give more away to the defence that, well, he's he's a receiving option. But then again, that could then draw a linebacker to cover him man-to-man or whatnot, so it could work out that way. Um, but I think realistically, because of the, the type of type end that Munt is, I think we'll probably maybe lean Hopkins first before Harris. But... In an ideal world, maybe maybe they, they split, maybe they both get involved more. Good, good stuff. Well, we'll draw a line under the the Rams Giants game. Um, obviously, talked about the injuries and the possible replacements. So, we'll move on to this Sunday's game uh, against some uh, people we're used to seeing on our side of the ball, and uh, we played Detroit, who are, uh, are ranked thirty first uh, according to the power rankings, uh, with a zero and six record. Obviously, the Rams are five and one, and we're ranked seventh at the moment. And uh, it's, it's at SoFi Stadium, so we're back home, and we get to see Jared Goff and Rockers again. Uh, so, Rob, how are you feeling about this game? Yeah, it's. Oh, sorry, it, it's, just interrupt, Rob. I forgot the um, the Tony stat that he does all the time that I've almost forgotten. Sorry, Tony. Uh-huh, uh uh-huh. The the all time record between the two teams is uh, forty four. 41-1, Rams leading. Oh, continue, Rob. Go. Go. Indeed. Um, do you know, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the Stafford versus Goff game, isn't it? And uh, you, you look at what's happening with the Lions this year quickly like I did earlier, and uh, Goff really wants to come back, doesn't he? You know, he, he's having a time of it when you, you kind of look at where the, the Lions are. Now, you know, the, 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 they've lost a couple of games to decent teams, you know, only by, by a small margin. You know, they, they hung in there well against the Ravens. Um, they hung in there well against the, the Vikings. And they, I think they put a decent performance up against the 49ers. So they, they, they've not, they're not getting blown away all the time. 
Um, but a couple of games have got away from them, and you know, obviously their record six, six, six speaks for itself, doesn't it? Um, looking at some of their stats as well, you know, Goff is, is having a difficult time. Seven touchdowns, four interceptions, but the big one is he's been sacked 15 times, and we know Goff. Goff's the guy that gets rattled. You know, Goff likes a clean pocket. He wants to stand in a clean pocket and he wants that time to, to pick his receivers. And he's simply not getting that. I, I just don't think that he has the accompaniment that he had in, in, in LA with ourselves. And it, it looks to be another long season for the for the Lions, doesn't it? So, well, Donald and, and co are finally getting their chance to hit the man in the red vest uh, that they probably wanted to so long. So from, yeah. uh, from a scale of one to 10 of uh, bricking it, uh, Andy, what do you think? How do you think Goff's feeling? Oh, I'd say about eleven at the moment. <laughs> to be honest, you know, Donald and Co should feast on these guys because, let's be honest, as the stats point out, the you know Lions O line is pretty much a bit of turn style. You know, it's you know easy to get through. But at the same time. There's just this feeling with this game that it could be another one of those Jets-Dolphins games from last season where it feels like it could be that banana skin that we get too comfortable, we get to we're thinking, oh, it's only the Lions, it's not going to be an issue. Um, and then, you know, before we know where we are, we're down. So it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, you know, the big one would be Brockers, I suppose. You know, how how will he feel? Because, you know... He's he's coming up against a team who he spent many years with, so you know it has the potential for him to possibly you know take over the game a little bit. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, but realistically, we should be coming away with. To be honest, it should be another Giants game. It should be over by half time, and you know you bring your backups in for the, for the second half just to get them some game reps. Yeah, and uh, Discord turns into dead therapy. Uh, all over again. Looking forward uh, to that. <laughs> in case you, anyone that isn't in the Discord chat, it's uh, you can find us actually. You can find us on the Twitter uh, profile. There's a, a, a link uh, there that you can click, and you can. It's an open invite. You can come join us. Uh, but last week, it uh, I think people got a bit bored, and they just ended up uh, into a dad sharing session. No, 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 no. What <laughs> happened was you had posted that you were going off to put the kids to bed. Oh, yeah. And I said to you, no, 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 get them told, make them sit and watch the game with you. But yeah. you went off and then it turned into a few start talking about our kids. Uh, and then Marvel. it turned into myself and several other dads, you know, having a counselling session about the lives we have with daughters. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. There you go. So it's all happening in Discord if you want to join us. It's more um, than just football chat and there, guys. More, yeah, it's just life, everything. Right. <laughs> now, the question is, I, uh, I've brought this up every, every podcast I've been on. I, I stupidly bought the Bone Goff jersey uh, as soon as it came out. Obviously, he left straight away. And uh, I've been wearing it this season. So, do I wear it, do I wear it on Sunday, Rob? Where, where should I or should I go for another? Well, Aaron, you, you remember... You- you and I were in the same boat with that one because my, my daughter actually kindly got me the throwback golf one as well, um, which I, I still occasionally pull on. So, um, but I, I do have my more up to date Robert Woods. I think that I'll be wearing for this one. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I no hard feelings against golf. I uh, enjoyed watching him, minus the sort of uh, panic moments in the pocket, but uh, you've got to get your money's worth. <laughs> so, I'm probably being asked a game time decision for me. But uh, no, back to the game, uh, John. Your thoughts on this Detroit game? 
I'm the same as you, Aaron. I, I, the, the last jersey I bought actually was a golf throwback and it's the jersey I wear every week. And I, I don't know if I can bring myself to wear it. Um, I've got no problem wearing any of any ex-players jerseys, but it's it's the first jersey I've got where the ex-player is still active. You know, it's different if I'm like wearing like a, a, a Stephen Jackson, a Marshall Falk or one, you know, historic ones. But yeah, I'm in the same boat. What I might do, I may, I may just dig out my early Rams UK t-shirt and put that on instead. Right. Uh, no, but yeah, in, in terms of Sunday, um, personally hoping it's we're going to see a repeat of what we saw against the Giants. Um, a lot of pundits are kind of trying to say, oh, well, this could be a potential slip up, and that uh, um, Goff knows our setup, he knows so fine, he could surprise people here. I'm sorry, that's uh, it's not going to be the case, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, he might know that I'm setup, but we've changed our setup since he's left, and that also should scare him our setup because he's going to have, for the first time, Donald, Floyd, Joseph Day, and God knows who, all hunting him down. Maybe Ramsey as well, for all we know. Guys that were frustrated and couldn't contain how much he frustrated them last year. This is their chance to vent, essentially, through the game. They're, like you said, it's the chance for them to get a hold of that red shot for once. So, personally, hoping we're going to see a lot of sacks on that. Um Saying, oh yeah, he knows SoFi. He says, yeah, he played at SoFi, but there wasn't any fans there. He doesn't know SoFi with fans being full. You know, and we had that a few episodes ago, like Sam Lagana, I'd asked, is, what, what's that actually sound like in TV? And we were all saying, Andy, you were on, I think you were on that episode as well, and we were all saying that the sound actually really comes through is it's loud on there. So, like, he doesn't know what it's like to play in SoFi with fans there, so that's going to throw him off. And as you, as, as you said yourself, Aaron, He's, a, he's, he's in a mobile pocket passer. He stays in the pocket. He doesn't move. There's no plan B of him. He's not got the targets that he had in LA. The second hour defensively makes a breakthrough. Goff is he's hitting the dirt, basically. And elsewhere in the team, I don't really expect much from them because looking at the leading work rusher, Jamal Williams, um, he's only got 255 yards for the season. He's averaging 42 yards per game. Comparing that to Henderson, Henderson's got 372 yards, it's 62 a game. Might not be necessarily a lot higher, but remember he's splitting plays with Michelle, whereas Williams is their rusher. And, you know, from a receiving perspective, the leading receiver's got only just over 300 yards, averaging at 50 a game, whereas Cup is doubling that. He's averaging nearly 110 yards per game. So we've got much more stronger targets than they have. So I don't expect much in terms of them getting a lot out of us. I'm, well, I'm saying that I'm hoping they're not going to get a lot of us. It's going to come down to the secondary, but hopefully they can have another kind of decent performance like they did against, you know, the Giants. Um, in terms of the actual the comparison, I did write down that Michelle has got 205 yards for you. Yeah, so he's like our backup running back, so to speak, Rabi Toon now. But he's not far off Detroit's leading rusher to me compare it. So in terms of offensively, they're they're not they're not putting anything anywhere near what we've got. Um and I'm I mean, I'm expecting our defence to destroy them. There's no better way of sugarcoating that that's what I'm expecting to come out of the game. They're their own six. Yeah, there might have been a few games where they were not in it, but our guys hopefully can come off the back full of confidence against the Giants to then steamroll through the Lions, and then they're on to play the Texans, who are 1-5 as well at the moment. Um, I'm hoping Cup will have another absolute great game, but I'm also hoping that some of our other receivers get more targets than they get more out of the game, kind of boost their confidence. 
Um, but one thing I'm hopefully looking forward to never hearing about after this game is the people people online still going on about Goff versus Stafford. People that are for some reason loyal to Goff and don't believe that Matthew Stafford should be you know, our quarterback. And I don't know if it's just me, but like I'm asking myself, are these people mad? I mean, should we not be our They've probably all got all jerseys they bought fresh with Goff on them. I got my golf rollback jersey three weeks before they get traded. Yeah. You don't hear me sitting going like, no, no, bring them back just for one more season so I get my money's worth out of it. I mean, it depends on the circle. Well, I haven't personally seen that, but uh, there's obviously you've seen it, so there's people out there. It's uh, mostly I'd... it's mostly in the Facebook kind of like channels, but a lot of people seem to be like, no, golf is golf. Golf would have beat the Cardinals. Golf would have done this, and mm. it just makes me think: Did these guys watch golf last season? Golf couldn't get out the pocket to see himself. If he couldn't, if he, if, he, if he was being called by McVeigh, throw it to Woods, and he couldn't throw it to Woods, he'd throw a pick or throw it out of bounds. You know, um, yeah. like, another, like going, going back to kind of how well Cup is doing this year, like, I think um, at this point last year, he only had three touchdowns compared to, what, seven? So he's already, in terms of, like, his, his scoring is more than twice better than what he was last year. Because he's got a quarterback that's picking him out more. Goff um, is to tunnel vision as a quarterback, and you know he, that that's purely off of last season. That's where he went. And uh, for me, I think that Goff actually peaked before his last season with us. Yeah, I mean, 2018 was his best yeah, season. Then, I mean, don't get me wrong. That that game against Kansas is is my favourite golf game. You know, um, and it was the, it was that game that made me think that I need to get my hands in a golf jersey at some point. Yeah. Purely off of that game, the guy, the guy helped get us to Super Bowl. I think he had a perfect rating against the Vikings as well. Um, yeah, good game against them. That was his point best two games. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm it's too far to say I'm sold, but I prefer, prefer Stafford. This, let's just say, um, from the limited amount I've seen of him, but there's more potential there. Um, whereas we knew, I mean, I, I probably defended Goff one too many times when he was with us because you naturally do when he's your quarterback. But I think we all sort of knew the the warning signs with how he was un, when he's under pressure, how he reacted, and uh, there was too many picks from panic throwing, if you like. Uh, but uh, piggybacking off what you said, I think when I looked up their Detroit's defense, they're they're actually in the there's a few things here. They're basically the, the worst in the league for passing yards uh, attempts. So they they average nine point eight yards and receiving yards fourteen point five, uh, and they're actually in the bottom five for um, passes 20 plus yards or 40 plus yards so it may be a game that we see Jackson popping up again and getting some um, some big yardage play John any 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 thoughts it would be good to get more and um, for me Van Jefferson is actually the receiver I kind of want to see get more involved in the game the last few weeks Woods has been getting more targets which has been good because Bobby Trees is, is a great receiver um Van Jefferson, um, through the first kind of few games, showed that he's, you know, he's more than capable of being out there, and then he can, you know, be a real threat himself. So I'd like to see him get more kind of targets over Jackson. Um, but again, I think, as we touched upon with the Giants game, I think you'll probably only see Jackson if we really need to put him out there because I, I think we're in agreement that we're probably kind of trying to keep him healthy for as long as possible. So for me, like Van Jefferson is the receiver that I'm hoping to see more of in particular this week. 
I think there are a couple of throws I've seen now with Jeff. So I'm not sure if he's on the, you know, he's not as well rehearsed as Cup, but there's a couple of sort of behind throws that Stafford's thrown to him. One in this game early on where he got clocked by a few defenders as soon as he caught it. Um, but if it was just in front of him, he could have been away. But uh, yeah, no, I've, I've liked uh, Jefferson since last year, and um, he, he looked like a good replacement for Reynolds uh, when he left. So hopefully, yeah, a bit more of him. Um, they're definitely not shying away from him. They, they are giving him targets, so that'll be good. Uh, on their side of, of, of the ball is um, Hawkinson. I think is their number one wide receiver. Um, he's six foot five, and he, he's uh, obviously a, a main target for them. It's probably the only anyone really but uh, interesting I sort of finally dived into the stats of situational stats where it showed me each player's uh, where they're targeted depending on the field and uh, Hawkinson's one of those early grinding uh, uh, receivers who gets the, the drive going and it's actually in the red zone it's more uh, Raymond and I'm going to pronounce this right but is it uh, Quintez Cephas um, Cephas it is Cephas sorry yeah there you go uh, uh, finishing off in the red zone. Um, Cephas has got three targets, two touchdowns, and Raymond has two targets, one touchdown. Um, Hoxton has had a fair share of red zone as well, but he's he's definitely the one that gets uh, targeted earlier on in the drive as well. So I look forward to seeing if that's that's repeated in our game, see if it marries up. But on the running backs, I, I think they do share it a little bit, John, with uh, DeAndre Swift, who gets a lot of receptions as well, actually. Um, from from what I've seen, so it's something to be wary of. Um, Rob, any any thoughts, last thoughts on the Detroit game before we go into questions? I, I think you guys have touched on it all very well. And the only thing I would say is, yeah, I mean, it does look a bit like a David and Goliath. And to be honest with you, I would just hope that we come out of the game. Hope both teams come out of the game certainly unscathed. It looks to be a long season for for the Lions, and as I say, it's it's a game that we should win comfortably, guys. Okay, well, right now we'll go into questions then. Um, we've got Scott Kirkwood. Uh, he's asked us, uh, how do we think Goff will be received at SoFi? Would it be would it be a good reception, Andy? Uh, from what I've seen on Twitter at the moment, it seems to be 50-50. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of fans are saying, you know, they're going to boo him. But I just don't see the point. You know, he's, he did his job for us. He came in, he got us to a Super Bowl. You know, it just didn't work out. He hit his limit. If anything, the question should be on for back office, Les Snead and Co, as to why we paid him so early. Because, mm. you know, we had the option of, you know, his fourth year and then give him the fifth year option, which then maybe we wouldn't be in the situation we are now with the cap. So I think that's where a lot of Fran's frustration is. It's not so much at golf. It's the whole situation of, you know, we're eating 20 plus million in dead cap money. But... Hopefully he'll get a decent enough reception. You know, you've had, I think, Jim Everett and a few others coming out saying, you know, to the fans, don't be giving him abuse. It's not fair on him. You know, it, it was never nothing to do with him. You know, he, he did his job. It's just he reached his limit, I think, of where he could be. And I think McVeigh realised, you know, to take that next step, we needed somebody like a Stafford who, you know, you feel confident with, you know, if, if we're down three points with two minutes to go, with with Stafford, I think you feel more confident of, yeah, we can drive down the field or we can get it. Whereas with Goff, it was, OK, here we go. It's going to start. You know, can we do it? And I think that's the difference between the two. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, I mean, he was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he was a professional the whole time. He, you know, he wasn't had a bad attitude or anything like that. And obviously, there might be a go-to thing they say, but, you know, he 
put you know he took the blame where it was when, when he when he should um it just you know he just didn't reach the standards that were set i guess eventually um and like you say it's easy to boo the player rather than the general manager uh during games so um do you reckon johnny he'll get a bit of 50 50 or Probably, yeah. I mean, I kind of thought that it's one of ones like everyone's got their opinions and golf. The guy did a job for us. It didn't work out. That happens in football. It's happened with many quarterbacks we've had over the years, you know, when we've run through our dark ages, so to speak. Um, so for me, like, I think it'll be a case of applause. There might be some booze for that. Um, but once game kicks off, that's it. It's purely focused on what's going on in the field. Um, but like, I know like McVeigh did come out and uh, said earlier this week that. Um, like, yeah, like, he used to play from his whatnot. Like, he was an important part of this franchise. It was also an important part of the community because he did do a lot of kind of community work as well. So, I think it's one of the ones... It probably will be more likely mixed, but I think in terms of in the stadium, we'll probably mostly applause with some... You'll hear some boos just in the background. Good stuff. And then, just want to say, Lewis Perry uh, has asked us a question about the tight end spot, which we've already answered, but thanks for sending in the question. Uh, Rob, this one's coming into you. It's uh, Josh... Uh, is asked, where do you rank Cup in the top receivers at the moment in the league? Oh, yeah, I think I touched on that earlier. Um, I, I think he's right up there. I think I think easily top five, potentially higher. I, I just think he's phenomenal just now. I think he's, he's such a prolific receiver. Um, I think he really plays to his strengths, which is the, you know, the route running, and, and you won't find a sure pair of hands just now. So the, the fact that they're not talking more about Cup, as I said earlier, is surprising to me. I, I read a very interesting start, actually, just the other day there regarding it, and he's, he's got similar starts, similar stats to the start of, I think, the last couple of years as Randy Moss had. And there was one start, the, the actual start itself just evades me at the moment, um, but there was an exceptional start that only him and Randy Moss actually had. So that, that's the, the kind yards. of company he's keeping just now start-wise. And as I say, yeah, I, I think, to be honest with you, he, he's certainly in that top three argument for me just now, um, uh, receivers in the league. I think, Rob, there might have been yards after contact. That was that the Randy Moss one year? I think that was that, yeah, with Cup. Yeah, yeah top of the league. That's that's the kind of company he's keeping just now. So I think that that more or less speaks for itself. But yeah, you know, I think the the, the talent has always been there. The last few years you've seen with Cooper Cup, the the only kind of issue we've had is that you know that, that there has been some injury issues, um, and you, you just hope that that it can it can play a full season. As I say, because going at this rate just now, you know, he he's going to, he's going he's going to be breaking records. Mm. Um, and as I say, I think already the chemistry he has um, with. Uh, Stafford is just heartwarming for Rams fans just now because he's he's become that number one receiver where we, we like to spread it around and we still do but you know he's the kind of guy now where when teams come up against the Rams I felt like when teams come up against you know the Cardinals it's like it's where's you know the Andrew Hopkins you know teams come up against maybe like uh, the, the Titans just now you know where's Julio Jones that's what teams are facing now against the Rams you know we're going up against the Rams where is Cooper Cup you know, that, that's the mm. kind of company, again, he's keeping so it is. So, yeah, I, I just just a, a great attribute to having a team. Um, and, and for all intents and purposes, the, the stuff I see off the, the field as well, just a cracking guy all round. I hope he can stay the course of the season. I know he got injured late um, in one of those seasons when he got his injury uh, around his knee. 
Um, so hopefully it doesn't grind him down throughout the throughout the year. It, it's the concern now his, his knees, isn't it? Because you know he, he came off the ACL um, mm-hmm. and then he had the, the knee injury late in the season, as you say there. You know the the, the other season there. So yeah, it's as it, it, a slight concern. You just hope that maybe that kind of stuff is hopefully behind him now, um, and, and and he can start to you know kind of progress into you know completing seasons and, and putting exceptional starts up. So every time I see him pulling his socks up, I think, oh no, what's happened to his knee? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a concern, just you know, because it's, it's it's been niggling, you know, after the the ACL and an ACL is a horrible injury. Um, some players come over it exceptionally well, and and other players it, it it can be a big psychological barrier to go over as well, and it can take a lot more time. But but Cooper Cup is is absolutely flourishing this season, and uh, and long may continue, guys. Yeah, I mean he's sound in that sense. I don't think he's he mentally he's strong in that in that area. So I think he'll be all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, for this season, it's nice to see the Seahawks sucking quite badly. Um, so that moves us on to a question from Mark Presland. Andy, is the NFC West become, become a two-horse race? I think at the moment, yeah, it has. The Seahawks and the 49ers, you know, both of them are below 500. Um, so, you know, you are looking at ourselves and the Cardinals, you know, the two top guys. But, you know, anything can happen, you know couple of injuries for us you know we could end up where you know the card you know where the seahawks and the 49ers are at the moment um but yeah i'd say it's a two horse race for now but we're still a little early in the season you know we, we've still got a little bit way to go but you know confident that fingers crossed we'll, we'll be in the playoffs at the you know with the way we're playing i think everyone's always wary to to make a statement like that <laughs> at any point during the season, really, because uh, of how injuries can quickly uh, change the circumstances. But uh, uh, yeah, good. So we've got uh, Ian Woodley uh, on Facebook has asked us, I'm sure McVeigh would like to be able to answer this question, but why do we start so slow, John? Um, I, I don't know if it's just in our nature to try and field teams out rather than just going out all guns blazing. Because um, if you look at last season in particular, we became known as a second half team where we'd really normally, like, you know, get in the top gear and come alive in the second half, even with, you know, the start that we don't talk about. Um, there was, well, but there some, was, some of us don't. You know, some, uh, some of us don't. So, well, some people were getting, were getting threatened in Discord <laughs> on Sunday if they messaged the chat. Not by myself, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but, I mean, there's, there's other stats that say, oh, if, if the Rams don't score in their first two drives, then they're more likely to lose. But Sunday showed that, like, like I said earlier on, we only needed 15 minutes you know, we just needed the second quarter and we didn't score to the second quarter. Um, and also, like, going back to another point, like I said previously, like, our starters never touched the snap to week one. Um, and like the guys have kind of like, you know, found, found their kind of rhythm. They all know how they tick now. So I am think in terms of how, why do we start slow? I think in terms of this season, it's because our guys have been, you know, late, not necessarily late at the party, I guess, but you know what I mean? Like, they've started later. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily a case of we're just we're just slow start like we can't get into a rhythm. It, it it's one of the ones I'd like to hope and think that it's part of the game plan, you know, to go out there. We'll do what we're going to do. But if the, for example the the other team are starting the ball, want to kind of feel them out, see if they're capable. I mean, like taking Sunday in particular, where one of the things I was really surprised about was they kept Daniel Jones in for the whole game. Um, because they had, I can't remember the name of their backup, sorry, but they had them, you know, like, suited up, like, standing there ready to go, 
and there was a lot of you know the commentators were talking a lot about is it uh, Glennon? Glennon, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I knew it began with a G. Rich Glennon, uh, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of talk about are they going to go with Glennon, you know, long term or whatnot. Um, so, uh, yeah. I think it's because of the injuries. I think they were saying because of the injuries, he has to gel with these these new, basically these rookies that are going to have to step up next week. But you might yeah. as well get as much playing time, real play time, to get used to each other. That's the reason for it. Yeah. I mean, another reason we could be starting so slow is going back to like if we look at the defensive side that um, that Rob brought was that we're doing a lot of rotation, so we could be starting slow because we are we're guys that are feeling out new positions and new roles as well. So I think it's one of the ones that I don't I don't think we're anywhere near top gear, and I'm hopeful that as the season progresses and as long as we can keep everyone healthy by the time we hit December and that right. You know, at tail end of the season, where last year we we limped over the line, we could be looking at a really strong finish, a really strong Rams team, then going into the postseason. So it could be just it's a natural kind of ramp up as the season goes on. So fingers crossed that like you know, you know, we won't be sitting thinking, oh, why are we starting so slow or anything going forward. <laughs> yeah, peak at the right time. Yep. Sure. Okay, well, um, that's all the questions uh, we've got at the moment. So um, what we'll do is just uh, just go through last final thoughts, really, before we wrap up the podcast. So, Rob, any last thing you want to say about the, the game coming up? Um, no, I think I think we've touched on most parts, guys, to be honest with you. Um, very much looking forward to it. Um, I, again, I, I see it as a little bit of a David and Goliath. Um, I, I, I will not be booing Goff, certainly neither I will. Um, I, I think he was a good complementary piece to uh, an offence that was very strong, you know, when we made that Super Bowl run. I think you did see some of his frailties, certainly after, you know, um, the, the kind of girly era had passed us by. Um, but uh, no, very much looking forward to it. I, I just hope we take care of business and come out of the game without any injuries. Good stuff, Rob. Thank you. And uh, Andy, any last final words? No, just to say, you know, hopefully this should be another game that's we're over with by half time, you know, and then we can start, you know, moving forward to looking at next week, keeping all the players healthy, getting through without any injuries, and then just, you know, another W in the bag, and you know, hopefully another great night on the Discord group. That's it. That's where it's at. That's where the party's at. Uh, and John, uh, again, yourself, any final thoughts? Um, just let's let's go out there. Let's put the game away. Let's hopefully give some. Um, Look like guys more rotate, uh, more more snaps, more reps. You know that are lower down on the depth chart. Um, enjoy, enjoy, hopefully a good win. And maybe the theme uh, on disco this week will be about um fine whiskies. Oh, I can get involved in that for sure. I'm a malt man, single malt. So right, guys, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, Andy and uh, Rob and John this week. Obviously, uh, four of us this week. It's always good to hear new voices and I think throughout the season we are going to get some, some new guys on to hear what other people have got to say about the Rams and our opponents. What I say is if you're, if you're not following us uh, everywhere you can find us on Facebook at LA Rams underscore UK uh, Twitter LA Rams underscore UK uh, we do have an Instagram as well same LA Rams underscore UK and if you go on our Twitter uh, profile click on our little link there uh, there is a link to the Discord like I mentioned earlier so you can come and join us on game day or any other day uh, and enjoy the discussions. So the game is on Sunday at 9.05. We'll see you there in Discord. See you later.